Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Every divisional series is underway. We have a 2-0 lead, a 1-1 tie, 1-0 and 1-0. Let's talk about all of them. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by DraftKings. Thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Jimmy. You got Jake in the Bronx and Chris Rose joining us from LA today. Sub it in for the Ploofster. As always, producer BBD behind the dish. Trev out of commission. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I don't know, sleeping. What was his excuse? No, no, no. So he lives in a really ritzy, uh, gated community neighborhood. Very, very posh and upper crust. And they do these events. And apparently this is the biggest one they've got of the year, even though it's like two weeks until Halloween uh, or three weeks, whatever it is. They've got like a carnival through their streets where they're bringing in all these highfalutin celebratory things for the kids. It's all weekend long, all weekend long. So that's what he's doing. He took us to one of those last Christmas. It was the coldest night of the year for us. Uh, a November night in Calabasas, or maybe it was December. I forget. Mm-hmm. I can't figure yeah. out where I am in this thing, BBD. Are you okay? Oh my God. You're moving. I was all trying to center place. myself, but I couldn't figure it out. Jake, how are you doing? Oh. Jimmy, if you pick a spot, I can center you. He's got you. Rosie, right. John, <laughs> BBD, stepping up. Um, everyone live in the chat, thanks for joining us on your yes. Saturday, baseball Saturday. Uh, we got the the NL boys going game two tonight. Yesterday was a fun one. I know uh, me and Jim had a lot going on uh, outside of the baseball world, but also in the baseball world, it was a uh, it was an awesome day, man. A lot of uh, you love seeing the young guys that are next, or maybe we didn't talk about enough during the year. And like when we talk about Logan Webb in a little bit. Um, I'm I'm really excited for that, but big day of baseball, and yeah, similar to Trev, uh, and you know his gaudy neighborhood party. I uh, I was watching some rats share a pizza slice today, um, so uh, we're basically having the same the same Saturday. Pizza rat. I uh, so I listened to Zardulu in the Pizza Rat podcast. I don't think these were the pizza rat. I think these were just a couple rats sharing a slice of pizza. I didn't exchange okay. formalities with them, so I could be wrong, but. Next time do. I think Ploof didn't like me talking trash about his neighborhood, and he cut the cord on me. Ah, that adds up. Typical. Typical. I think Typical. he doesn't like when you when we say he lives in Calabasas. No. Because he lives in some other, it's like yeah. another cooler. I'm not going to say what like it is. I'm, I, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to give it away because I don't want people stalking outside of his house. Not that you would ever be able to get past the security guard. Yeah. If you and ever it, try and get inside of his area, you will be shot. There's a lot better people to stalk in his neighborhood than him too. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we got four games. The NL, the pitcher mm. showed up. The AL, the hitter showed up yesterday. Uh, we're a cron pod here, Rosie, so we will go in chronological order. <laughs> we have to keep it very simple. We have rules. For ourselves. <laughs> yes, rules are <laughs> rules. So 
Um, Jake has burns. Jake, did people remind you? Did you were you able to remember yourself, or do you need to shout anyone out that helped you with remi- remembering? So I was able to remind. I know who should get a shout out because I said tweet at me at 10 a.m. this morning, and I think a few people did. I, uh, I I was moving around, and I didn't charge my phone last night, so I was like five percent in it, like just a total idiot on the way in. Someone tweeted at me last night, like. 8 p.m. Don't forget. And I was like, wow, that was a real flex, man. Like that was a I told you remind me at 10 a.m. in the morning. You hit me with the 8 p.m. at night. All right. I like that was my kind of reminder. I owe this to the people. All right. It's like when people like text you happy birthday at midnight and you're like, whoa. Yeah. You were really thinking about me, huh? But it's great when you live on the West Coast because it's only 9 a.m. 9 p.m. Mm. Jake's birthday's coming up two days, so everyone can text him. Wait, Jake? Did you just say Jake's birthday? Yes. Jake's birthday. What are you going to be, 32? 3-2. Only in age, though. Still in my prime. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? That shit wears off in a hurry, boys. That's where where Bond started to peak. Yeah. Yeah. And oddly (laughs) enough... His head started to grow, and he looked like one of those floats in the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> I need that, too. Here, here comes what Barry Bonds. can do. You know? Yeah. He made an appearance last night. Sure did. They were cheering for him, yeah, I heard. Certainly mm-hmm. were. Yeah. All right, first game of the day was the Houston Astros taking on Rose Rotation co-host Lucas Giolito mm. and the White Sox. Jake, are you going to burn this for us? Who's it brought to us by? Uh, Blitzball? Yeah, this will be brought to us by Blitzball. They've been supporting us. Uh, I mean, A, they've been supporting our back alley at bats pretty much. Uh, we've been having a blast with that. And all of our lime, live streams. If you've liked watching two out-of-shape, almost 32-year-olds play, uh, you would like some of the people that they have playing on their YouTube channel. The Blitzballs are nasty. Um, we recorded... Something with Trev, we won't give it away, but he started throwing a slider that uh, is something me and Jimmy can't do with our arm ability. Um, so, yeah, they've got some of that on their YouTube channel. And if you're uh, if you're someone who listens and you play wiffle ball, you're going to want to try out Blitzball. It's, it's pretty good. You can let it rip. Um, Chris Rose almost took John Boy Yard. Um, people forget that. Would have been a walk-off. Would have been a walk-off. And would have been the crowning athletic achievement of my life. Seriously. That's yeah. the truth. Well, you know who we play against next week? Uh, Wednesday's episodes that get released yeah. is Todd Raja. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be so good. There was a, uh, the level of trash talk got brought up a notch. Yeah. Yes. The problem is yeah. you can't understand was- him. When he starts talking too fast, you're like, you get about every four. Oh, years. Jim, we're we're gonna have to clip that. It's my mom, so I forget when it was, but there was one moment where they were like synchronized. That's that's, that's this week's episode. So I just funny. asked Tom if oh it's part God. in there. Um, they basically both bull rushed the me <laughs> uh, about a ruling on a uh, a ball hitting the ground. They went like Italian Jersey <laughs> mobsters at the same time. Um, hey, you better be careful because Frazier knows people. It's I'm connected. just saying. Connected. Just saying. Yeah. Just bought a house from like the Russian mob or something. Like oh that. boy. Let's do it. Yep. Hit the music, beeps. <laughs> 
Jake? What happened? Game two, ALDS. On your mark. Get set. Burn. Game two, and there is a Framber alert out for the White Sox offense as Valdez and the Strohs try to go up 2-0, but that'd be a tough ask against Chris Rose's podcast son, Lucas Giolito. He's lovely. So much back and forth early. They're calling this the pendulum game. Luis Robert, boy, is his name hot on the internet streets right now. RBI ground out. Kyle, Chris, Tucker, rush hours into an RBI single, and Chaz McCormick sees himself a sack fly. It's 2-1 Strohs in the fifth. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Robert. Robert. Luis does it again with the RBI single. Jose Abreu says, I'll have what he's having. He has one of his own. And then Cosmo Kramer, the yes man, as he as Grandal sack fly. Great fortitude by the White Sox to make it 4-2. Unfortunately for the Sox, the Astros would score the next touchdown. Seven runs. Yuli, Jordan, Correa, and a Tucker bomb to ice it. Framber and Giolito were the headliners, but the Astros pen. 4.1 shutout to win game two, 9-4 final. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank well you. done. Really well done. Snaps. Really good. Thank you. Altuve put on an absolute defensive display in this game. I mean, first inning, Framber, was it bases loaded, single, single, hit yeah. by pitch, and then Altuve diving stop. Uh, to uh, stop that ball, another one would have scored. He had like a jump throw later in the game. So, offensive came out to show Altuve kind of stole early defensively, but feel bad for Giolito and Framber. I wanted both of those guys to perform. Yeah, you can't walk five hitters against that team. You know they have the they have the best discipline, plate discipline of any team around. Uh, they don't strike out. They put the ball in play. If you listen to the Rose Rotation ALDS preview, uh, Austin Hedges, the Cleveland Guardians catcher, just talked about how difficult it is to work around their entire lineup, right? When you Carlos Correa is going to be hitting third or fourth next year for some team. He's hitting sixth right now in front of Tucker, who had an over 900 OPS. With all of that being said, the Astros do the little things the best out of all eight teams remaining. They play defense better. The biggest difference in that game was the fact that Tucker caught the ball and Lurie, Gar uh, Lurie, Lurie Garcia did not. Okay? He butchered the ball much like I just butchered his name. <laughs> and then they run the bases great. Altuve with the slide in game one. All the little things, man. And people just... They've been dismissive of the Astros this year because they don't want to talk about them because they'll have to deal with their feelings again about 2017. That's what I think. It's, for me, I mean, hey, Giolito and Framber, that's as fun as a playoff matchup as you're going to get. Framber, his sinker ball stats were going around the, the internet or put actual ground ball stats. He had the most ground ball of a starting pitcher this year since they started tracking it in like 2002 like Derek Lowe a lot of the classic sinker ball pitchers he was a notch above them him and Giolito both get knocked around you're right I mean that that Lurie Garcia play looms so large if he snags that that changes the whole course of the rest of the game for me uh, 
coming back to the box score on this, how excited was everyone for the White Sox pen? Um, Hen- Hendricks, Kimbrell, Bummer, Tapera, Crochet. You know, that seemed like their formula. If you told if you told us before this game it was going to be tied up, the White Sox were going to roll that out, and Houston was going to roll out Yimmy Garcia, uh, Stanek, Mayton, Matone? I, for, I always forget. Mayton. Mayton, Presley, and Graveman. You'd give the advantage to the White Sox. Houston holds. They they don't give up any runs. And, yeah, I know Jimmy was digging up. We uh, we were laughing when we were previewing this series because uh, TLR, Tony La Russa, had a quote about his defense. Did we get the exact word, Jimmy? I didn't find it, but I think his quote was just like, our defense is horrible. It's like atrocious or, or something like that. And, yeah, I mean, Rosie, you mentioned you kind of covered the board there. It's the little things because you mm-hmm. kind of look around the board. But it's also the big things. Like you said, Correa and Tucker could be hitting 2-3 on this team and nobody would flinch. Um, they're, they're stacked, and they do it every year. They end up in the CS every year. So, yep. man, Chicago got punched in the mouth. Yeah, I wonder if this is a little too much of the old school managing in La Russa to go to Bummer in that spot. And, and Kimball got beat too so it looks like he was doomed either way maybe but well they could i don't know one guy they down one oh was kopech yeah yeah i don't know they went to crochet again uh kimbrell just got down in those counts to those guys and it was close i think he was down in every count and then they just and they the tucker when he hung the correa one's an out i mean I watched it and I saw a bunch of tweets celebrating how Correa is a heel and he always comes through and kills teams. And I was, it's true. And he is really, really, really good. And he does kill teams. But I mean, Laurie Garcia, what are you doing, dude? That looked like me and Jake trying to catch fly balls when Trevor was hitting us line drives. <laughs> he just got spun. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you guys think I'm onto something <clears throat> with the fact that I, I think we spent so little time the last month of the year talking about the Houston Astros, right? We were focused on the NL West divisional race we were focused on the al wild card we were focused on the padres collapse what's going on with the mets that part of the reason we didn't want to look at the astros is because we don't know what to do with them emotionally is that fair i think it's a uh, yes i think that's majority of it like they don't market mlb doesn't market them because it's just like you know they're in like kind of shadow realm a little bit we try to talk about the guys that we like a lot. Like, we'll hype up Framber. I like Luis Garcia. Uh, obviously, Trev likes Jake Odorizzi. But it's also, at some point, like, I think that if the Astros and the Dodgers are in the World Series, there's a lot of almost how the NBA went through LeBron fatigue, where it's just like, really? Are those two teams okay. again? Like, See, I think Trev was hyping it up. But... Thing. I think it could be the best thing. So I, I'm, in I'm years. curious. I'm curious on that. I don't know. I think there's there's a fraction that'll be, say, like no one cares anymore. Like, let's move on from the cheating from five oh. years ago. But then there's also people that still love it. I don't know. White Sox are done, though. That sucks. Clicks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Rosie, I, I kept saying on Talking Baseball that like I thought, I thought the Strohs were gonna kick into gear before the playoffs, and that was gonna be part of the conversation. Like they're back, blah blah blah. They kind of, 
they had a couple losses and the Rays had a couple wins that it was like, okay, so the Rays are going to be the number one seed. Houston kind of didn't have to play for anything more. And everyone was lost in the wild card. So uh, in this White Sox-Houston matchup, and it's kind of a bizarre thing. We Before the season, this was the matchup we all wanted because Tony La Russa and Dusty, like these are two of the most high-end, powerful teams in the American League. These two teams have been lined up for so long that I think it was almost like we casually talked about it, that if this had fallen into our lap on the last day, like say if if the Rays and Astros flip-flopped from the one seed and two seed in the last day and we're like, whoa, we're getting White Sox and Astros, I think people would have been a little more excited for it. But um, I don't know. And then kind of what you're saying too about Astros and everyone being all over the board on it, me, Jimmy, and Trev, who like to pretend we know what we're talking about, we all kind of sat here pretty confidently and were like, don't bet against Houston. Um, and now they've got three to lock it up, and they'll be in the CS. They'll most likely be in the CS again. Now, we know it's easy when you're down 2 nothing to say, okay, well, this is going to finish. We do have to keep in mind that the White Sox had the best home record in the American League, and I think that the Dodgers were the only team that surpassed them in all of baseball for home wins. I believe that was right. I know it was right heading into the, like the last 10 days of the season. Um, with well, all they get to play said, a lot of home games against those shitty teams. <laughs> that's Hey, you can laugh and joke, but that's the point I was about to make. Yeah. They were the champion of the worst division in baseball. Far and away, they did not have one other team in there that finished above 500. And while Houston never got pushed by a fading Oakland team and an upstart Seattle team, which was strictly fighting for the wild card, you always felt like they were playing for something. What was the White Sox last meaningful game before this week? Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams game. Field of Dreams. Why? Because it was a made-for-TV event. Yeah. It really didn't matter. I think they ended up losing the series to you guys anyway. So if they gotten swept, it wouldn't have impacted them one bit. So they were just – I think it's hard to go four months without playing a game that doesn't mean shit and then all of a sudden have to ramp it up to 180. That's tough, man, against a damn good baseball team. Mm. Yeah. AL Central is now one and nine in their last oh, ten stop. playoff Jimmy. games. Some of those numbers are gross. Isn't there like a three and eighteen People, or a three dude, and twenty-one or something? Trev was scoffing at it because he's twins. You're kind of scoffing because you're Indians, but it's true. Like I know it is. Come on. <laughs> It's 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 a uh, people people like to da- I overplay it probably because I'm trying to counter the people that downplay it. But strength of schedule is real. And if you just beat up a shitty division nonstop, mm-hmm. you haven't been tested as much. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say, I think the toughest thing in sports to do is self-evaluate. And so you have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And so you can put up all the gaudy numbers like the White Sox have where they led the AL and ERA, but who are you doing it against? You know, you're doing it against a team that got no hit three times in a year. A Detroit team that was okay offensively. A Kansas City team that underperformed offensively. You know? I think and the... Minnesota that sucked. Last year's last year, especially because it was the weird year. So the central stayed in the central, the east stayed in the east, the west stayed mm-hmm. in the west. You know, when all those advanced like pitching metrics came out that are all pretty well regarded, and it was like if you pitched in the central last year, there was a chance you didn't face a lot of the tough teams. I you know I I know I don't have the stats in front of me now, but I know there 
for Bauer and some of the other guys that had massive years last year is like, well, they they didn't face a lot of the big sticks. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think you are right, Rosie. Like, the Chicago atmosphere tomorrow should be electric. Like, they – at home, they're they're not gonna go down like tail between their legs. They they're too good of a team to do that. But just the task of winning three straight against this Houston team, I don't know. No, it's tough. Yeah, it's gonna be Framber's the only pitcher to give up multiple runs. Yeah. Yep. In two games, I mean, I think Graveman gave up a run. Yeah, he but... he looked a little shaky at times. Uh, I will say this, and I know we have to move on. If you don't, if you if you're not a Houston fan or a Chicago fan, root for Chicago tomorrow. Root for more baseball. That's what you want. Oh you yeah, want four games on Monday. So root for root for the White Sox. Let them let their fans have a day. I don't think they're going to end up winning the series. I actually have Houston in the World Series. And there you go. Thank you. Amen. All right, well, if Houston, if we think they're advancing, let's see where they're advancing against, Jake. How did game two? Cron pod. Or versus. Cron, cron, cron pod. pod. Oh. Sorry, dude. We have rules. Forgot. We have one rule we abide by. We have, stri- we have very strict so, rules. He's it's the strictest rule we have. Braves, Jake, Brewers. The Brewers and Braves. Does he get penalized for that? Does he get put in a box? Does he get frozen? It's a yellow. Spoon eye. Spoon eye. Sabino yellow card. Spoon eye. Spoon eye. Hit it, Biebs. Jake, on your mark. Get set. Burn. Battle of the Braves, Milwaukee versus the ATL and the Salt Man, Charlie Martin, slinging sliders. But if that salt gets in the wound, it burns as Corbin and his cutter they would both be on their game more zeros on the scoreboard than a cash wire exchange in a movie what until it's getting rowdy in milwaukee baby friend of the pod rowdy telez in that elephant swing two run homer would that be enough young jock goes boing peterson pinch hit home run solo dong cuts the lead in half Top nine, hater in, two on, two outs, old friend Orlando Arcia grounds out to second. The Brewers go Burns to Senor Puke to hater. Brew Crew wins two to one in game one. Hauser will never be able to live that down, ever. Guy could end up in Cooperstown. He's still just going to be called Senor Puke on every recap you ever have. <laughs> well, ah. maybe I don't, <laughs> tough, tough times. Uh, well, you know, not on our uh, little like uh, pat on our back, Jake. The two brewers that we hung out with the most yeah. uh, in Milwaukee were uh, Burnsy and Rowdy, mm. heroes of Game One. So that's cool. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Who's more likely to give you your hamstring a deep tissue massage mm. between those two? It's Rowdy. Burnsy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? Neither wants to. They give rock, paper, scissors, and Rowdy Rowdy beats him. Rowdy would have fun with it, I think. That's just an opinion, not a take. Did you see did you see Rowdy's play in the first inning? Yes. I mean, obviously mm. he gets the big home run, but it was uh I mean, Burnsy, he had to 
settle in. He walked the first two batters. He had a, a pass ball. It wasn't his fault. It was catcher's fault. I think we had four wild pitches and two pass balls yesterday. So maybe the whole like catchers on the one knee uh, pitch framing matters more it should go away um, because it seems like that's a lot. But that double play or not double. Yeah, double play in the first mm-hmm. inning by Rowdy is like a tone setter. I mean, imagine you got Burnsy. He settles in and then he blanks them the rest of the way. And looks amazing. Imagine the Braves were able to push one across in the first. It's a different game in a two-one ball game, obviously. So I, I hope that doesn't go too overlooked. That double well, play by Rowdy in the first inning. But let's give a little bit of credit to Omar Navarez on that. Damn. That that is not an easy hop to take. With I the mean, bat. Yeah, with the bat and with the dude who's two fifty barreling down on you. That's a hell of a play. Yeah. What percentage of catchers make that play? <laughs> Small. I'll answer it. Small. Small. Small percentage. Small. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, Jim, I, I want to I forgot to tell you the other day, Schilt in his post game press conference in the Cardinals loss. Uh, he talked about it. We'll, we say it on live streams and stuff like that, or even when we do Yankees, you know, that pitcher, if they survive the first and they're struggling, sometimes they're they're playing with such house money that you can almost chalk them down for six or seven clean. Um, and that's where Corbin ended up. He was so in control the rest of the way. Uh, it was absolutely gross. Uh, Rowdy, awesome home run, pimps it, and, like, how, you know, put that in the book of how to pimp home runs. Like, he clearly wasn't showing up the pitcher. He was just enjoying that bad boy for his team as well. He should. He just hit a mammo shot in, you know, what could be a – an extremely important part of this Brewers run. And I think the other thing that we circle is, you know, we talked about the Brewers' high-end talent a lot this year. We kind of wondered if they were going to make big splashes around the deadline. They brought in Eduardo Escobar, who's such a Brewers guy, can play a bunch of positions and switch, all that. We kind of eyed that first base position. Everyone gave them love for the Willie Adamas move, obviously, because he went nut job when he came over. Rowdy Telez, a, a guy I liked before the season. He ended up in a weird time in Toronto, gets traded, and he was hitting for them. We wondered if they were going to make a move at first. He gets the start in the playoff game. He hits, and for the Brewers, the question is, will they hit? And you wonder if they've got a little bit of Brewers magic. Is it going to be one guy each game? Is there going to be a Colton Wong game? Is there going to be an Adamas game? Rowdy kind of checked his box, um, and that's Brewers baseball. It is. It's a difficult way to live, though, in the playoffs. (laughs) Sure is. Two-one wins are not easy, man. That grinds on you. I think the biggest thing, we joked about the puke guy. I said it the minute that Devin Williams punched a wall for whatever reason, and I cannot wait for the 30 for 30 on that one. What if I told you that just days before the playoffs started that Devin Williams would punch a wall after celebrating a National League Central title? Mm. What if I told you? We have the real story. Like, there's there's a better story there. <laughs> We're not going to find – I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be great. So everybody's like, oh, what are they going to do? I said, move Hauser to that role. I know he gave up the pinch hit homer to Jock, but I love it. I love it. I love – the two managers I love in the playoffs are Craig Council and Alex Cora because they don't give a fuck about what conventional baseball is. They will do anything to win a game – Let's get outside of our little comfort zone. Let's move guys all around. I thought it was a great, great move, man. 
Yeah, I was going to give you credit for that, Rosie, because I was I, on that same little YouTube session we did. I was wondering how they're going to replace Devin, and I thought that it would be, you know, Ashby or maybe a starter that goes back there, maybe the game three starter if they need a lot of innings. They, only, mm -hmm. they didn't need a lot. They need two. And then you you called in. I think we called you next, and you were like, Hauser. And I was like, oh, I like that. Um, not your, tr your traditional, like, bullpen guy, but that sinker was nasty. Mm. Even the jock, because he just doesn't throw, like, you know, it doesn't have like crazy wipeout slider and crazy high fastball, but the Jock home run was uh, all credit to Jock and no blame on Hauser. This is a nice pitch and a nice swing. By the way, what do we think of him yeah. stopping midway between third and home? Like literally coming to full stop, like slamming on the brakes. Can't believe the car in front of me just went from 55 to zero. I've still got that in these legs. Just slam on them. <laughs> um, no, everything would break. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I like the the other thing. This was my only, like, because, you know, we, a lot of people listen to this stuff, so I, I don't try to always be as ridiculous as possible. I try to find something that stands out. The one thing between these two teams that stood out to me was depth. Um, and, you know, Jock Peterson, he's kind of the Braves' depth piece right now. They've got one extra outfielder you're going to like. He hits the pinch hit home run. In the ninth inning, they pinch hit Arcia, which – Hey, he's got some playoff moments. His career hitting numbers are not there. Where meanwhile, if you look at the guys on that Brewers bench, Vogie came in, had the pinch, uh, the pinch walk. Um, Luis Urias had a really nice year. He's on their bench right now. JBJ pinch ran. Tyrone Taylor had a pinch hit and is a fun young ball player. Where the Braves ninth inning, you got two on versus Hater. Like you already, you already did the hard part almost. Now you're just looking for a bloop. They have to go to Orlando Arcia, who that's just not the stick you want up in that situation. And I know Bravesland wasn't happy about <laughs> when I say Bravesland, I also mean Ashland was not happy about that. Oh my God. <laughs> she hit the she hit the over on our curse just I think in in the pinch hitting role. <laughs> yes. But where would you uh, gone? Where would you have gone against the left handed? hater i mean that's the problem they don't have a good answer you know i i think and and they you know it's not a shot fired at the braves it's just who they've got at this point they traded for four new outfielders and they've got them but the rest of that bench just is you you would have liked somebody else i'm not saying they yeah, have it i mean but. I, I think the pinch hit was for eddie rosario right right because of the lefty on lefty thing I don't know, man. I've I've heard from guys for years that Eddie Rosario is one of the great bad ball hitters. And sometimes hater with the angle he comes at, it ends up being a bad ball. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Maybe you stick with him. He's already in the you know, he's already got the lather worked up in the game and all that. A lot of a lot of big league hits out of Eddie Rosario. Uh-huh. Yep. Solaire and Jock had the best at bat, so trade pieces again. Solaire had the uh, nice walk. He was spitting on a lot of pitches, and then he sent one deep to the track. I don't know the, I didn't see the projected or how many ballparks it would have been out of, but it was, I thought, I mean, I thought from the camera angle, it might have been gone for a second and then got caught. So maybe that moves him on. Yeah. Who's, start, who's starting today for the two? So uh, Freed versus Woodruff. Woodruff. And, you know, yesterday on Baseball Today, I was I was screaming out loud. I was like, why isn't Max Fried starting game one? He's been the best starting pitcher 
in baseball since the beginning of August. In his last 11 starts, he hasn't lost, and his ERA is under 1-5. And then I watched Charlie Morton just mowing down guys left and right, and he obviously made the boo-boo in the seventh inning there, but he pitched great. I'm going to go out on a limit, and I'm going to say Max Freed gets an extra base hit today, mm. by the way. I like that. You think they overextended him? Or... I that? mean, Morton was pitching so well. To take him out there, I think you'd be – I think you have to ride them. It just happened so quick yeah. with the hit by pitch and then home run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, hit by I don't. I don't know if Braves strikes, country is yelling about that. What's that? Hit by pitch with with two strikes. So yeah, and the pitch great. before, the pitch before was right there, and Garcia kind of moved back, and then he came up and in again, and Garcia just let it hit him. It's like all right, well, my. My Maybe. my goatee idol, Pedro Martinez, was talking about it after. And he said, you know, Morton's pitch count wasn't super high at that point. He did show right. a couple sequences that, I don't know. You know, I, I know sometimes we can be tough on the guy analyst in the studio, but he showed, I think, the batter before the hit by pitch or, or there was a walk previous to that where Morton would just left four balls like right outside almost in the same spot. So I don't know if that's fatigue. I don't know if that's losing the slot. I don't know if it's a combination of the two. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's basically coming from Pedro's goatee and not me. That deserves – his takes deserve a little more respect. <laughs> well, speaking of I, Pedro, he had a lot of love. Hmm. Any, any final words? Um, Birds, did you have? Nope, that's a minute. Pedro had a lot of love for Tanner Hawk. Mm. So, Jake, can you tell us what happened in the Red Sox Rays game two? It was a wild one. Sure can. Jake, on your mark, get set, burn. The Red Sox are off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Boz, as Shane the Kid takes the bump against the Condor. Chris Sale on the bump for the Red Sox. Hey, remember these two names, Bogats and Verdugo. IBI singles, they make it 2 nothing. top one. But Yandy Diaz, the Yandy man can, he gets one of his own, and then Loop Low goes high. Grand Salami, it's 5-2 Rays after one. Condor, Chris Sale is out after one inning pitch. Alex Cora, some balls there as the Red Sox would start hawking loogies with Tanner as he comes in and he's mowing Rays down left and right. Remember those names I said. Bogarts and Verdugo, they both hit home runs. Kike, do you love me? He hits one of his own. We are tied up at five. And then that ankle. J.D. Martinez is back. The bad man hits a three-run homer to make it eight to five. The very next inning, G-Man, he goes oppo taco. It's eight six. This is looking like it's going to be a fun one until the Red Sox offense says it is not. Vasquez with the big two-out RBI single. Rafael Devers to center. Jim, I know you like that one. It's 11-6. Make it 12. Make it 14. The Boston Red Sox put up 14 runs on 20 hits in a playoff game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Hawk, Brazier, Robles, and Barnes. Fantastic job from the Red Sox bullpen. Meanwhile, Waka, Whistler, and McHugh 
tough days from the Rays pin. 14-6, final Sox tie it up in the trot. Very well done. A lot of... A lot of action for a burn. It's all—it's too yeah. much, man. Those damn Red Sox. Oh, dude, the middle of that lineup when they are right is as fun as it gets in baseball. I don't care who you are. You're not getting through. Mm-hmm. It, and it's amazing the difference between game one where they scored nothing and game two when they score everything. And guess who was back in the lineup? JD. JD. Hey. Yeah, it's true. Mike Zanino said it after the game. He's like, just his presence changes the entire way I have to navigate through a lineup. And Austin Hedges on our ALDS preview show said the same exact thing. Said the same thing about J.D. Martinez and what he means to a ball club. And when you hear that his injury, which is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, when a guy running out to the field and he trips over second base, would have landed him on the injured list had it been the regular season. So not only is he a presence in the lineup, he gets four hits, including the go-ahead homer. That's sick. Mm. That's sick. That's enough to make like, him opt out of a contract, like, by the way. Like, yeah. Like you said, I I, uh, I really want to ask Trev about this, but when, by the time he's back, so much more stuff has happened because Trev, I'm not trying to knock him down, plays managers. And in the regular oh. season, maybe he's right. But in the postseason, Cora going to Hawk instead of saying like, well, let's like get more pitches out of sale. He's Chris sale. We'll give him another inning, even like batter by batter. Just no, I was kind of shocked. Like usually you'd think it'd be batter by batter. Just try to give us a little bit more. Nope. Tanner's in. And then he absolutely changed that game. I know the Red Sox put up 14 runs. It doesn't happen. If Tanner Hawk doesn't go five innings, pitch zero earned and completely settle the Rays and blank them. Because once they got the bats going, then it was confidence-driven the whole way. And Alex Verdugo had quotes saying Cora was walking up and down the dugout saying, mm-hmm. a lot of game left, don't even worry about it. It's only the third inning. A lot of game left, don't even worry about it. And uh, they gave a lot of credit to Cora for doing that. He has managed three game fives or elimination games, in my opinion. The way he's managed, he's managed three elimination games in the last five days. Sunday at Washington. Tuesday against you guys in the wild card. And yesterday, even though it was only game two of the series, he knew he could not go down 0-2 back to Fenway. And so he was like, screw it. Uh, Chris Sale, you're our guy. You've had, whatever it is, six top five Cy Young finishes. But today you're not our guy. We got to go somewhere else. And I love it. I love every, I know this is hard for Yankee fans to hear it, particularly because you guys always are throwing darts at your manager. But damn, that guy is a difference maker. He is a huge difference maker. We don't. Jake and I have gotten to a weird point where we have been saying all season, there's a whole video of me saying I'm jealous of the Red Sox. Mm. It still stands. I I appreciate the way they go about baseball a lot. Obviously, fuck the Red Sox and all that. <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan, but like they're middle of the order. And the way Cora has them so giddy with confidence mm-hmm. and cocky and uh, is is I'm jealous of it. I have been from I think I first said this in May. A lot of Yankee fans hate when I say it, but I, it's true. Their personalities, too, Jim. I mean, the, the you know, again, we're, we're not bringing up the Yankees, but, you know, they they live a PR life of not 
showing their personalities and kind of and kind of being the Yankees in business. Like Kike, people were tagging me in his old engagement photo shoot the other day. Like get pump that into my veins. Devers is as fun as you'll see on a field. Verdugo, pretty good. Chris Rotate. Yeah. Curse Rose rotation episode as well And his catch and the way he plays And they're rocking the baby um, Yeah man It's uh, when they have fun It's it's they have fun And to the core point And you mentioned Craig Council too There There's too much in baseball in a regular season And you do understand why Because it's six months it's a grind But there's so many managers that are more worried about The next day than today and we see some of that even in the postseason. We're going to see that in upcoming series. And some of it will end up working out. We'll, we'll be talking about in the CS how, you know, somebody, it, either someone ate pitches. Um, you know, we could be talking about Pavetta's outing yesterday. We already did. Pavetta threw 70-something pitches, and that saves Hauk, and that saves the other parts of the Red Sox bullpen. There's a ripple effect in baseball. I get it. Chris Sale throwing 30 pitches, part of that ripple effect is... When he's ready to pitch next, Cora's going to use him, whether that's starting, whether that's out of the bullpen. And there's not a lot of managers that almost have that power over the players. Um, and maybe power's the wrong term, but even the confidence to do something like yep. that, to A, be able to pull sale in that moment, and to B, go back to him in, I don't know, he threw 30 pitches. If they need a couple outs against maybe a lefty, and the next game, I wouldn't rule Sale out. Like, that's how the Red Sox operate. That's how Cora went through all of 2018. Let's get through it now. Let's get the win. We'll figure it out the next day. And I think a couple more managers could use that. If we're having a managerial fantasy draft right now, mm. where does he go? Cora? Mm-hmm. Close, close to one. I, I could see if we're going full, full fantasy football on this. You'd say like you know Francona. He's still got a lot of points that like guys just love him and stuff. Active man, yeah. If it's active, yeah, active. then probably yeah, top, the, top, top three. Yeah, it's because like he might be a yes man. He might be a yes man for the analytics. I don't know, but he doesn't present himself that way. Like, and I don't think the players, I think, I think the biggest thing is like the players have to be like, nah, core probably told those guys to fuck off and he's doing it his way, but it's actually their way. I think that's like a big aspect of being a manager right now. Where like with mm -hmm. Boone and some other guys, maybe you're like, nah, he's just doing what the analytics guys told him to do. And like, you know, even if it's the same thing, I think core is very good at presenting it. Like, fuck them. Let's go. Our guy. I've given you an off season idea for this show for talking baseball. I do like you that. Take, have have a fantasy draft. And by the way, tr the first question Trev's going to ask is, well, is it based on looks? <laughs> no, it's based on it's based He's on got Kapler who high. you want in there. G right. Gabe Kapler right. Mike, a first rounder. M Mike Matheny's off the board, guy. Mm. Matheny. Jeez. Oh, by the way, like, have you ever shaken hands with Mike Matheny? Have not. Have not yet. Okay. It's an experience. Very much like when you shake hands with Adrian Peterson. That story's been told forever. <laughs> like the first time I met him when he came on Best Damn, he did. We were all like, "This guy shakes." I think he was he was about to be drafted. Everybody's like, "We hear that he shakes hands really hard." I was like, "Oh, oh my God, get off of me!" 
Please. Like, actually that bad? Like, he's squeezing you. Yes. He's trying to, like, hurt you. Now, but, you know, he was very kind and all that and, you know, smiley and gentlemanly with that. And it was like the Vulcan death grip. Sounds like my Uncle Dragon. Mm. Really? Vulcan. Hey, yeah, my Uncle Dragon from Croatia. Strong hands. Uh, Jake, you mentioned Pavetta and how he got to eat innings in the law, eat, eat innings in the loss. And, uh, that helped the Red Sox out in game one rays aren't built for that. And this game, although it ended 14 to six, it was a two run game going into the seventh, I believe eight mm-hmm. to six. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they put one across, which makes it nine to six, which means, uh, rays still were using, you know, arms that they use Robertson Chagua pitched in the ninth. Um, I think they wanted Waka to ride out the last innings, and he couldn't. So credit, that that's a big thing there to, to get blown out by six runs, was it? Eight runs in the end? You get blown out by eight runs, you would hope that you could save some of your bullpen, but the Rays used one, two, three, four, five, six guys and a bunch of the guys that they use in their winning efforts as well. So Something I don't like their – I don't – yeah, because because they need to keep their guys – rested to go deep because they rely on so many arms by the way do we know if it's patino in game three it's got to be right everything said rasmussen i don't know if it's rasmussen kind of opening and followed or i I don't know um maybe the race so i would assume he's opening and then patino for a full time through the order for the for the balance stuff so We'll see. I, I was very surprised. And, hey, in that manager draft, Kevin Cash would go decently high. Um, I was I was surprised he didn't go higher. Wait, what did you say, Jimmy? He's, he's, he's Boone, but the players just don't care. Like, that whole team is we buy into the analytics. Like, they don't need a buffer. They could be managerless. They buy into cash. They literally get hand. They get hit. They get handed a game plan, and they all know it. And they get prepped before the game. Like we stick to our plans here in Tampa. Like they don't care. But I, I think Trev would be yelling at you a lot right now. And I think Kevin Cash embodies it with the high T style, and he empowers his guys, and he he earns their respect to go out and do all of the Rays funny <clears throat> business. I agree with that, but I, I'm saying if you took Core off the Red Sox, I don't think they have a winning season. Uh, I don't think they make the playoffs in the end. I don't think they stay focused when it's supposed to be a rebuild year. If you take cash and go managerless for the Rays, I think they still win 100 games. Wow. No, that's bold. That's, that's that mean. Bold. And I don't know if I'm good They're the most far. analytically driven team in sports. But they need someone to drive that ship, and Kevin Cash is like the perfect guy for it. I mean, the Rays roster still talent-wise and everything else they're doing is on a different level. Um, that being I, said, I was about to critique he him. He's not the scout. I was surprised they didn't go to Fairbanks or Kittredge or D-Rob when that when the meat of their lineup was coming up again, I know McHugh's been good for them, but he was on his second inning out there, and you're going through those dudes that I think you got to – the momentum of the game had fully changed. It was 5-2. to two. They knocked out Sale. Then the score stayed that way, and the heart of their lineup was coming up again. I was surprised he didn't go to a Fairbanks or Kittredge or D-Rob. Um but hey, maybe it wouldn't have mattered because the Sox ended up putting up fourteen. Except that McHugh has been so good for them this year. 
He had been so good, and I, I understand what he was trying to do, right? He's trying to navigate through those middle innings so that you get to the back half of the game, and then they're stacked up, right? Because if not, then you're bringing in some guys probably in uncomfortable situations, even though I think we'd all agree that the Rays have the most versatile pitching staff of anybody around, right? They probably don't get freaked out about any sort of situation or inning. I mean, he's been doing it all year. He just he got hammered last night. It happens. Yeah. Did you use my line in your burn, Jake? Did I miss it? I did not. I did not. Ooh, can you share? You uh, can share. Podcast. We're selling. We're selling. Uh, Colin McBlewett shirts. Oh. oh, BBD didn't like that. I got a big grunt out of the home plate. Colin's oh, wife. Colin's wife mentioned to Jimmy on Twitter that he thinks Jimmy has a micro penis. Well, the it only works. reason she knows is because she's seen one to compare oh, it to, so me and him both. guys. I wasn't the anonymous source. Very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might have to call my therapist after we're done, actually. All right. BBD's All right. here. Well, Trev's still asleep. Uh, both made the I'm same joke. joke, different people, Jay. Let's go to the next game. It was the last one of the day. It was the most highly anticipated one. I thought we were done after micro penis, but I guess not. Oh, that's where it starts. And that's where it starts for me with dugout mugs. Uh, You guys know dugout mugs by this point. They've been part of Rose Rotation. They've been part of Talking Baseball. They've been a part of everything. Oh, Rosie has the Rose Rotation mug. Man, their logos on the mug look so cool. Um, Like, I think that's an important part of this you don't get one and you're like I don't know that looks like a kind of a janky Toronto Blue Jays logo you're like no that's bad ass dugout mugs I mean I don't even know how they do it lasers I guess uh dugout mugs code talking they're giving you 30 percent off oh they're giving the way the free knob shot yes oh my god the free knob shot dugoutmugs.com slash talking you just pay the shipping and handling 895 um, Chris Rose is now drinking out of it. Uh, the shape of the knob shot could be compared. Never mind. Um, dugout mugs is the best. Go check them out. Uh, they love what we're doing. They're, they're a baseball company. We're a baseball company. Um, dugoutmugs.com slash talking. Perfect holiday gift. It's almost that time. Wow. Wow. All right, it's my parents' anniversary coming up. It's so weird. It really is so weird. Wow. Oh. Why does it, I? It, it, that's what they sent. Sent a Jimmy knob shot. Your knob shot just has the word Jimmy written on it. You just doodle in my name. I think it was a micro knob shot. I think <laughs> it was. And the. Uh, <laughs> weird that they sent this <laughs> there's a buzz in the bronx All... um ready for the final burn yeah two best teams ever let's yeah. do it jimmy while that happens if you want to give a robo reset mm. oh, it's okay. preemptive jake yep on your mark get set burn 
the NL's best in the NL West, Walker Bueller, who never seems to have a day off in the postseason as young Logan tries to cast his web across a Giants victory. Bottom one, ring around the posy. 3-0, opposite field, into the drink. Buster Posey, let's go! San Francisco Giants are on the board, 2-0. It would stay that way into the seventh. Man, Logan Webb and Walker Bueller were putting on a display until KB Chris Bryant epitomizes San Fran with Gabe Kapler. It is 3-0 Giants make it for Brandon Crawford. Oh my God, it's Nostalgia City in the Bay. They're up 4-0, by the way. Logan Webb, 7.2, Shuddy, 10 Ks. Gabe takes the ball out of his hand with 92 pitches to Rodgers. Gets him, two pitches ground out to Doval. Oh my God, gross out of the bullpen. Giants shut out the mighty Dodgers. Bueller, Gratterall, Vesia gets hit, Bickford. Giants take game one, four nothing. Woo, bit of a message sent in this one, boys. Did you hear Robert's quote about the hitting approach after the game? So. He said we, we didn't he said one. something like we didn't change uh, the guys didn't change their approach at all. They just used used the same club all game long, the driver. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, Dodgers fans and replies were like, well, why didn't you pinch hit some guys that swing for contact or have different approaches? They didn't pinch hit anyone, I, th- I don't think. They did. They pinch hit. Just for the, for the pitcher? pitcher. Lux, yeah. Pitch. Yeah, Yeah, just for the pitcher. They were saying, you know, get some other guys in there. But should talk about Logan Webb first and foremost. Um, if mm-hmm. we start anywhere here. He, all the way back, I remember when... when um, we did a full episode, Jake, on like people that impressed in spring training that might have like changed their journey. They were like in a battle, mm-hmm. like spring training battles or whatever. And I, I just remember noting that Logan Webb had like the best spring training of any pitcher. I think he had five games started in a zero five ERA, which just lights out. And the Giants didn't know what their plan was. And then he had an absolutely amazing season. I think there's one bad like outing, a three ERA or something like that. And then in his first playoff start, the line matches like 7.2 or whatever it was, zero earned runs. There's only two other Giants pitchers to do it in their first playoff start, and it's uh, Lincecum and Bumgarner, some stat like that. Just like a, an amazing playoff debut. Mm. Yep, that's what it was. It was the seven and two-thirds scoreless 10Ks, and this time he did it with zero walks. Uh, the thing that was most impressive is that this guy is a sinker-slider guy. And he did, he dominated with his third best pitch change up. He threw it 38 times. I think he got 13 or 14 swings and misses and just had like, I know that Bellinger's had a terrible year. He was a little bit better over the last week, but he, he should have walked up there with a four iron because he would have had as much chance of making contact against him. He was just baffled. Uh, I thought that was fantastic for the giants and their fans who probably, watched Wednesday's wildcard game and went, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it's great we get to play the Dodgers, but, man, we got to play the Dodgers. And for them to 
blank him in game one and turn back the clock. I mean, like Crawford hadn't hit a playoff homer in seven years. <laughs> Ozzy hadn't hit one in nine. You know, like it's I can only imagine what a ride this is for the Giants fans. There's there's stuff that will never be able to be quantified fully. And Buster Posey hitting a 3-0 Walker Bueller pitch into the drink in the first inning after this whole miracle regular season and the big bad wolf is still in your place, that means more than the two runs it put on the board. Um, Logan Webb, incredible. He throws from that gross arm slot. I mean, I had one of those weird, like, Man, I wish I could watch more West Coast baseball because watching him for a night was awesome. And, like, if this, if Logan Webb was on the Braves or Red Sox, Yankees, Phillies, I feel like I'd, I'd have seen more of them. And, hey, I guess he doesn't look like this every night, but he was awesome. And, Jimmy, tying it into the Dave Roberts quote, he threw so much off-speed stuff. Uh, and the Dodgers, that's where it comes from. They were just waiting for that fastball, and it never came. Is so many change-ups, so many sliders. Um, and Rosie, I'll give you a little pat on the back. Actually, it's not you. Uh, Stephen Brault, uh, when you guys were breaking down the NL, uh, I, I loved what he said about Chris Bryant, and this ties into not being able to watch guys day in, day out if they're not on your team. He said Chris Bryant, with a runner on third, and less than two outs is, like, the last guy he'd want to see at the plate. And, man, that means something. And when you tie that in with who this Giants team is, man, Tommy Lastella batting leadoff. He has two hits and a walk. Um, these The Giants' energy has now fully transferred to the postseason. And as much as that Posey 3-0 homer spoke, I genuinely think Gabe... Going out there to booze initially, taking out Logan Webb to go to Rogers, who, hey, he's awesome. He's disgusting. I told Jess, I was like, Jess, I know you're not watching the game. Just watch how this guy throws. And she laughed out loud, and then she goes, that's not how you do it. And I said, yeah, that's kind of the point. Um, to go to him in that spot, that's impactful. Um because, you know, if he gives up a bloop and a blast there, that changes the whole tone of this series. And what Doval does, oh, my God, he just slings it. I, I, man, like, I was getting, this whole year we've wondered what the Giants were, and then we're buying in, we're not buying in, here's the Dodgers. Almost like, was it the 0-2 Angels that had K-Rod? Was he a rookie that year? Yeah. I got a Forest little bit of I got a little bit of that with Doval, man. Like he he feels special. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid. And the Dodgers, by the way, a little bit of a Yankees effect. The Dodgers haven't really hit this year. They have the names. The hitting hasn't been what those names would tell you it is. Yeah, the, the Logan Webb. Oh, I, trivia question. Not even Logan Webb. All, all the San Francisco Giants pitchers. So the Dodgers had 32 plate appearances, also 32 at-bats because they didn't have a single walk. Um, mm -hmm. How many of those 32 do you think went had three balls in them, ever got to a three-ball <laughs> count? I'm going to say one. Three. I guess, Jake? Three. One. One. And Logan Webb had zero of them. How crazy is that? 
Yep. That just well, throwing I mean, Zokes time. and Dodgers attacking him. He only threw yeah. five fastballs or four-seam fastballs, but that's normal. Like, that's what he throws. It was just sinker, changeup. I mean, his changeup was his most used pitch in a landslide, so kind of like we got to rename the changeup if that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Because that's just like, I don't know. It's going to make today's game a ton of fun, I can tell you that, man. With Gossman and, and Urias, it looks like Gossman got, you know, he had a few rocky outings right after they were making the all-star team in his hometown of Denver. Seems to have gotten it straightened out. But in addition, I don't know if you listened to the entire Stephen Brault episode, Jake, but he said, I wouldn't be shocked if Julio Urias throws a complete <laughs> yes. game in game two. I was like, so wait a second, are you calling it? He goes, I'm not calling it. But he said, don't be surprised. So he kind of got out on the limb, then he went back in because it was too cold on the limb. <laughs> but he believes in that much, in that guy's ability that much. And who knows, he might have to throw a complete game in order to, because the Dodgers just aren't, stringing together a ton of hits they just they aren't and aj pollock had an amazing year right amazing year is he ever going to do anything in the playoffs Ooh. ever Ooh. Ooh. i don't know rosie maybe well i mean you, you can't count on bellinger right now do you think he so dies his put beard? bellinger out there do you think he dies his beard oh god after shaving his head? Pollock? Oh, Pollock. I thought you were talking about Bellinger. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm I don't know. I, I I'm trying to figure it out. It looks to me like he's got some brown just for men in his beard. Pollock, uh but I but I don't know. So look. I needed your help on that. Well a lot of Dodgers fans are crying that Webb got like a ton of calls off the plate. Stop. But I'm Come trying on. to find it right now. And according to like baseball savant, he didn't. I mean, so I don't know what the... how would you know? He didn't even get. All right, whatever. <laughs> I hate it when, when people complain strictly about the umpiring. Whatever. Well, I, to me, it, I think they just didn't play little league. It's like the first thing. Know who, know who would have gotten you a. You can't blame a whole game on the um, strike zone. At some point, you got to figure it out. Know who would have Max Muncy? Yeah, I was I was just about to say who would have gotten a three ball count last night. Max Muncy, so underrated, uh-huh. so underrated, and he's out, man. Yep, it stinks. It stinks that he and Belt are out. It really does. Yeah. But I think this is going to be a great game. Have you guys even been to that park before? I have not. Have you gone to a game there, Jim? I think you Jimmy? have, right? No. Oh, in San Francisco. Oh. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. I've been there in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. It's cold. It's great. And in playoff times, it is so rowdy. It really is. The the biggest um, credit I can give to San Francisco fans is I felt like I was in New York, Boston, or Philly during those playoff games in 2010 and 12. When I was doing the Fox broadcast in the playoffs, our set was set up in left center field right next to the big glove and the and the Coke bottle. Holy smokes, did I get a contact high. <laughs> it was unreal. I was like, holy shit, how am I going to go on air like this? <laughs> the, the teleprompter was jumping around on me. It was fuzzy. Chris, if, but it was if, fun. You, put, if you put it to your lips, that's not a contact high. That just means you did, got high. Did I lose you? What oh, happened? no. Are you not talking anymore? Oh, no. We might have lost Rose. Oh, man. oh no. Well, what happened? I lost you, I'd, weirdo. Jim, the one thing I want to say to you and 
Well, we'll see. You might have to throw the thing, big thing up. Put the thing up. We'll see if Rosie gets back. I can't hear um, anymore. It was kind of not a theme of the day yesterday, but I felt it the most in this Dodgers-Giants game. The defense, man, and I'm going to say the Y word and people don't like it. You know, we watch 162 Yankees games, and, you know, we, we question some of their defense. It was all over the field in this game. Wilmer Flores playing first base for Brandon Belt was making nice plays. Justin Turner... The f- he made a throw to second on a w- just like a one of the weirder baseball swings you'll ever see, and then that double play up the middle that went viral, um, Lastella and Crawford, like it was just it was eye opening from a Yankee fan perspective, and it was impressive where the rest of the league is at and probably where the Yanks need to get to. Defense matters. Defense matters so much. How about Kiermaier? Yeah. What a son of a bitch that That's guy my is. guy, man. That's he my guy. He goes and gets it. It's all he knows. It's all he knows. Um, when's, he, when's he a free agent? When the Rockies go get Kiermaier? His offense will get boosted by juiced balls, and they need outfield defense. Done. Kevin Kiermaier to the Rockies this offseason. I think we did this on the stream the other night. He has all of next year, so it's the year the Rays trade him. And uh, there's like a team option for the next year if they want it, but the Rays, I don't think, pick up $13 million options. So, No, no I, they do not. I, I have Rosie. Is he back? Ring around the rose. You just can't hear us? It's the dream. He hates Wirecast. It's fantastic. Um, we'll get off it one day. There are two games tonight. Um, we mentioned them a little bit. Brewers are hosting the Braves. Woodruff Freed, uh, Gossman, Urias. Are you, uh, if you could only watch one, Jim, which one would you watch? What time are they at? Time, time doesn't count. It's more, it's more of a baseball, a baseball study. Dodgers Giants. Okay. That probably makes sense, right? Sorry, boys. Yeah. You're We're all good. sorry. My, wa- my wireless earbud took a dump. Oh. oh, man. I know. And everybody in the chat's going to go, Boomer! Is it a 9 o'clock start for the Dodgers-Giants tonight? It is. Yeah. Got to readjust my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's t- the first round's tough. I get it. I get it. No, I think I was. We things. were looking at the schedule. I think there's a lot of nine o'clocks in the CS and stuff too. So I just got to. Uh, well, whatever. Baby's coming soon anyway. I won't be. I won't be yeah. sleeping anyway. Yeah, sleep's over. Were um, you able to stay awake uh-huh. last night, Jake? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much my body turned off during Ray's Boston. Um. Like, Jess threw me, her parents are kind of in town. Their parents are in town. Um, and I, we were supposed to be streaming, so I wasn't able to go to dinner initially, and then we didn't stream, so it was kind of open, and I pretty much gave the leg. It's, Coach, I don't have any more bullets in me. So I was, my eyes were open, but I was asleep during the Red Sox-Tampa game. And then, hey, this, the detail we missed about San Fran and the Dodgers, wasn't it like a two-hour, 40-minute game? That's mm-hmm. that helped big time. 
And I fell asleep before first pitch, and then I watched it all this morning. You'll be good tonight. All, You're going to be really good tonight. You'll be up and awake for football early in the day. Then we got some mm. baseball. Be... The Bro, DS schedule is crazy. We did 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. like six days in a row. Yeah, that's tough. Rose, the the only oh, playoff the only playoff talk you missed while while you were gone for a second there was what team is Kevin Kiermeyer on next year? <laughs> Whichever one has the most mirrors in the clubhouse. <laughs> Ooh. Trevor Plouffe effect. I said the Rockies should pick uh, him up. They won't. Not next year, but Oh, that'd be a good one. Cover a lot of ground out there. Holy and smokes. and his offense gets boosted a bit at home. That 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 he's gonna be gassed by May chasing the balls down in the alleys <laughs> out there. He's gonna be like, Jesus Christ, give me that freaking roof back. Holy Kevin smokes. Kiermeyer goes to goes up to Cash or whoever the defensive run prevention specialist is, and every inning he says, What do you think about going five infielders this time? <laughs> I love when you guys go five infielders. Go six. Yeah, and then the other side when they play four outfielders, he's like, "That's it." Oh, he hates it. I am out. Might as well sit down. I don't get the run. Right. I'm gonna go on the other side of the fence. I'm going to the freaking Ray tank. Oh, take a swim. That's gonna be next. They'll have four outfielders, and he'll actually go to the third base shortstop spot because that's the mm. most room. We got it now. No, they're gonna do five outfielders, and there's gonna be. Left field, right field, and then uh, everyone's going to be in, and he just gets, like, warning track. <laughs> oh. I like that. Outside. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of like the flash. He can only run on yeah. the warning track? Yeah. He'll just be posted up on the wall leaning there, and then he'll just run left or right down the track and make just rob home runs, and that'll be his defense. Isn't the bigger question whether or not they take the Rays tank to Montreal with mm. them, or do they leave him behind after the – 41 home games. What do they do about that? Can they get those things across the border? Mm. Roxy the turtle couldn't make it. I, f- I don't feel good about the Rays making it. Yeah. Well, but that was more of a, well, we don't want to give you any good mojo sort of thing. This is, we're supposed to be like a partnership. God, is that the most bizarre thing ever? <laughs> I don't think that they shouldn't be allowed to have the Rays tank after they changed their name after the sun. You know, they're not the devil Rays anymore. They're the Rays. Their logo is a sun. Sunshine. Mm-hmm. So. Jimmy, that's pretty mean to the Rays. They have feelings, too. They the kill people, Rays. so I'm out. I don't like murderers nor animals that kill humans. You were a big Steve Irwin guy. Oh. oh, my God. There's a video of Steve Irwin's kids on, like, Conan, and it just makes mm-hmm. me cry my eyes out. <laughs> I know. It's so nice sweet, man. living out their He's dad's com- dream. It it, uh, it it takes me back to uh, – he used to come on Best Damn all the time and just a lovely human being, like, really, really sweet. He and his wife were wonderful. So they'd bring all these different animals on. And Serena – Williams was guest hosting one day and they bring out a huge snake, an enormous snake. And I am terrified of snakes. I was like, I'm out. So I go to the back of the set near our little bar area and Serena did not like snakes either. So she is cowering behind Chris Rose. She's like holding onto my shoulders. I was like, 
this is one of the three greatest moments of my life. Thank mm-hmm. you, Steve Irwin, for making this happen. She's like holding on to me. She's like, in secret, you were like, I'd like to I'm be like, hiding behind you. Can you exactly. can you protect me? I was like, when are we going to switch here? <laughs> oh, man. All right. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the two games that get played tonight. Thank you, Rosie, for stepping up and uh, joining hey, us today. I appreciate it. Enjoy your it's Saturdays. Go watch some baseball. Take some naps if you have time. Mm. <laughs> oh, there we go. Remix. There we go. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right, boys, gotta run. Thank you. Hey, Rosie. Sorry about the technical.